0: Yesterday, we looked at a lesson on pride and the danger of pride as we looked at King Nebuchadnezzar and another dream he had and then also King Belshazzar with the, with the handwriting on the wall. After Daniel interpreted the meaning of the handwriting on the wall for Belshazzar, Belshazzar was so grateful to Daniel that he elevated him to an even higher position. And so he continues to be elevated just by faithfully representing God and, and living out his faith with whatever opportunity that he had. And then after Belshazzar elevated Daniel, Belshazzar died that, uh, that, that very same night. So now we get into the reign of another king, Darius. And Darius, he also liked Daniel. He liked Daniel a lot. And Darius, he's coming into power. He's bringing a lot of other people in uh, to be his advisors, which often happens with a change of, uh, change of who's in charge. But Daniel remained, remained in charge. The, um, the other, uh, not in charge, but uh, in a very, very high position. And the new people who were coming in, they did not like, they didn't like Daniel. Then they saw that there weren't really, there wasn't any way to make him less than credible. Uh, He had a great reputation, he was honest, he was trustworthy and he was just, he did things by the book. He obviously had his principles and he stuck to them. So they came up with a plan to make Daniel look really, really bad. They came up to Darius and they said, hey, King Darius, you are so great and so wonderful and don't you think that people should let you know how wonderful and how great you are? And I think, wouldn't it be a great idea if for 30 days, if people would, uh, if people would, well, they would, they would bow down to you and worship you for 30 days as the great king that you are. And Darius being the, uh, being the guy that he was, and he said, wow, that, I guess that does sound like a great idea. I am pretty great after all. And, uh, and I think people should also let me know how great I am. And so he made this, he made this law that for the next 30 days, everybody should bow down to him and worship him as the, as the only God that there is. And the people who, were, who suggested that, they knew that Daniel wouldn't because they knew that he stuck to his guns when it came to his faith. And, uh, and the first time that people were supposed to bow down to him and worship the king, they, uh, they found Daniel and what was Daniel doing? He was praying and out in the open, which wasn't unusual. That's what he did, that's what he did normally. He would go up to his room, he would stand in front of the window that opened toward the city of Jerusalem and he would pray three times a day. And it's interesting that after there was this new threat, you know, and there was a threat, that anybody who did not bow down and worship the king, you were going to be thrown into the den of lions. He didn't change his, his practice. He didn't change his habits. He continued to practice his faith in just the way that he did. He didn't let the intimidation or the threat of something bad happening change who he was or what he did. And so he continued to pray. And they, uh, they uh, the enemies, they busted in on him as he was praying, asking God for help in what he was going to do. And they brought him into Darius and they said, Darius, didn't you say that anybody who doesn't bow down to you would be thrown to the den of lions? And he said, yep, absolutely, because I'm that awesome and everybody should, uh, should tell me that I'm that awesome. But then they said, well, there's this guy here who doesn't and uh, we know that you said anybody who doesn't should be thrown to the den of lions and here is the man. And they gave and they showed him Daniel. And Darius was just sick because he knew he could not go back on his word because then he, would be, he, wouldn't, be, uh, he wouldn't be a good king. He wouldn't have credibility. And he knew he had, to, he had to throw Daniel into the den of lions. And so he did. They uh, took him to the den of lions and he said to Daniel, Daniel, I hope and pray that your God is able to save you. And he put him in and then Darius, they, they sealed it all up and then Darius went back to his home. He didn't sleep that night, he didn't eat that night. He was so nervous about what would happen. And then he came in the morning, he came running out to where the den of lions was and he shouted into the den of lions. And he said, Daniel, Daniel, was your God able to save you? And Daniel responded. He said, he said, oh yes, my king. He said, my God has sent an angel and that angel clothed the mouth of the lines, And then they pulled Daniel and then they pulled Daniel up. And I want to pause there just for one second because there's one important word that Daniel said that is so significant for our lives. It's the word, my. Where he said, my God. My God sent his angel. My God. It was his God. He knew that he belonged to him. And I guess my question is, how do you know that God belongs to you? How do you know that he is your God? If we, if we try to answer that question based on how strongly we believe in him or how, how, how tightly we hold on to his promises or how faithful we are in worshiping him, I bet you, you can find a reason to doubt. Because we're not always strong enough. We're not always fa- as faithful as we want to be. We're not always as tight with God as you know, when it comes to our tightness with him. But, but the way we know that Daniel's God is also your God, you, that you also get to use the word my, is because that's what God signed up to be. That's what God signed up to be when he put his son on a cross, so that he would have one place where you could always look and say, well, we know what God wants. God wants to be my father and God is my father because of what Jesus did. And I am his child and I am loved by him and I am forgiven and I am in his family. Not because I'm so good at believing it, but because he's so good at, he's so good at making it happen. So anyway, my God, Daniel said, and he's our God. And then, uh, and then Daniel, gets, Daniel gets pulled up and he's rescued. And, and then there's a great, great confession of faith from Darius um, who says, Daniel, your God, your God is incredible. And, um, and he was elevated once again. And the people who tried to, you know, who had it out for him, they, they were thrown into the lion's den. And we get a glimpse of what the lions did. That even before they hit the ground, the lions did what lions do. That, um, that the mouths were not shut. And the angel did not come. But, uh, but God protected His own, just like God promises to protect you. And that happens, and that happens happens in uh, Daniel chapter six. There are twelve chapters in the book of Daniel, and which means that there are six more chapters that go on. And as we go on to the book of Daniel, we won't spend a lot of time digging in very deeply to uh, everything that happens. but Daniel, as he was able to interpret dreams, we also see that Daniel was given dreams. And he was given dreams by God that had symbolic meanings. He sees fantastic pictures, fantastic imagery, and, uh, and, just, and symbolic numbers of, of what, uh, that gave him insight into what was going to come by, um, in, over the course of his life and by the end of the world. And the very last thing in his very last vision that we hear in the book of Daniel is just so significant. Because God is talking to Daniel in his last vision. And in the last verse of the book of Daniel, it says, he says this. He says, as for you, he's talking to Daniel, Go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. And there are three things I want to point out there. First of all, where he said, go your way. That God was saying, go your way, which was not permission to go and do whatever you want in life and you know, go, because he knew that Daniel's way was God's way. And God's way was Daniel's way. Daniel had proven that time and time again, that his way was directed by God. And that's why he said, your way. And he identified Daniel's way with God's, with his own way so clearly that he called it your way. Uh, Jesus, incidentally, called himself the way. And it fits in very, very well with how Daniel lived his life. That following Jesus is the way to find fulfillment and joy and happiness and contentment and all those wonderful things. Uh, The second thing, he says, you will find rest. You will rest. And you know what he was talking about there? He said, Daniel, someday you're going to die. And someday you will too. And someday I will, too, unless Jesus comes back first. But, but one day we will die. But God was talking about death in the same way that Jesus often did. As a rest. It's like taking a nap. That's how God looks at it. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be scared of. And someday we'll wake up from that nap. But, but that's how God views death. And we can look at the, our loved ones who have died and, and they're resting. That's how God views death. We don't need to be afraid of it. And then the last thing, and then at the end of the days. You will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. And there's one key word in that sentence that I want to point out and that's the word, will. You will rise. And you will receive your allotted inheritance. And of course, that inheritance, it's heaven. It's heaven. The best part of Daniel's life was still to come. And that's what God was showing him. He had obviously shown him that he was with him every step of the way. And he was reminding him that as w- that the great things that you've seen, the greatest things that your eyes will see, they, it's still coming in the future. And the same is true for you. God is with you every step of the way but one day, one day, the best part of your existence will begin. And then once it begins, it will, it will never end. And God wants you to be there. God has made the way for you to be there. And you will be there because God is with you every step of the way too. I hope you've gotten some great encouragement from the, from the book of Daniel this week. um, Because there's a lot of it. A great reminder that we have a God that's worth defending, that's worth sticking up for, that's worth holding on to with everything that we have. Because he is a God who holds on to us with everything that he has.
1: Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here with Time of Grace. Did you know that our ministry is 100% donor funded? That's a fancy way of saying that we don't receive buckets and buckets of money from the government or from any church or denomination. Instead, our ministry is completely fueled by people just like you people who listen and watch our videos people who give generously, and people who allow this message to spread to more and more souls whose lives are then changed. So for all of you who give, thank you so much. And for all of you who haven't given yet, we would love for you to do so. We really need your support. We want to reach people now with the good news of Jesus, which is why we need your help. Thanks for praying about that. Thanks for considering it. And thanks in advance for your support. God bless. Hey everyone, Pastor Mike here from Time of Grace. Thank you so much for investing your limited time to grow in your faith with us. But could I ask you for one more favor? I'm sure you're itching to check out social media or go on to the next part of your day, but you could do a huge help for the kingdom of God if you would rate and review this podcast. Just taking a few seconds of your time will help other people to find Time of Grace, which matters so much to us because we want people to hear about grace, to hear about Jesus, to hear about eternal life. So thanks for taking a little more time, we pray that God blesses you with a great day, and we'll see you soon.